In a week where Hearts go eight games unbeaten to start the season, here's eight different ways of how it could all go wrong. My name is Jarvie and I'm joined this week by Simon, Cameron and Hammy. Together we are the Broken Hearts Club Band. <clears throat> Only joking, we're going to win the league. Um, <laughs> I, I missed the game on Saturday, boys, uh, as you know, uh, waiting with bated breath for baby Jarvie to arrive. Um, what happened with vaccine passports? How did you manage to get in? <laughs> <laughs> I um, couldn't actually download it, stroke, didn't even try. Um, but I, I, I encourage everyone to get it if, if whatever, whatever. Well, the app? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nah, I didn't see anyone getting checked out. I know there's an amnesty until the 18th where they can't actually like chuck you out of a game. Um, but yeah, just just get it just now. Eh? It's better just to be there and have to fucking download this app than actually not allowed to be there. Hmm. So did did none of you get asked for it? No, I did not. I did not see anyone getting asked for it either. Hmm. That's interesting. I have, I have a hard enough time getting my season ticket to scan. So. <laughs> uh, that's a weekly challenge as it is I always now hold up a few people behind me on the way in <laughs> one of the guys oh. one of the guys because your hands just shaking <laughs> Try, trying to get the barcode sheer excitement <laughs> I just uh, that's interesting I'd seen on Twitter a few people saying like their whole uh, their whole line was getting checked maybe they were just doing a, a couple of wee trial cues I they probably had to ask like a certain amount of people, so they just fucking how many how many rows is that? Right, we'll just do these rows here. Hmm. Aye, interesting. Um, but because I wasn't at the game, um, I, I walked the dog up till kick off. He's are getting a an insight into the <laughs> wonderful Jar- life. Jarvie's diary. Jarvie here. Um, but I was listening to Sports Sound right up till kick off, um, and they had quite a good interview with Andrew McKinley. Um, he actually came across quite well. I was quite impressed. But the main talking point being VAR, which seems to be, it seems to be a guarantee that's coming to Scottish football in a couple of years. But what what's your views on it all? To ask you openly, I think um, I don't think VAR is a problem. I think the people who are going to try and implement it and how it's going to be used and the way it's going to be used in games is going to be very unsatisfactory and not make anyone happy. Yep. Hard to disagree with that. We're currently at a point where Hearts are taking the leadership of the SPFL to task and they're wanting to introduce VAR. I can tell you it's not going to go well. <laughs> the other thing for me is that I can't even see a clock for where I sit, so suddenly we're going to have screens for TVs and be able to do video replays. Maybe just do the basics first, you know? I'd like to see what how many minutes have went in the game. That's what I'd like. <laughs> Oh dear. Right, that's it. We we don't even have goaling technology yet. We've not even got no. that. Like, I was about to say. Yeah, I was about to say. It's uh, it's apparently a, a significant invest, uh, like a significant cost to get implemented as well. Of um, course, it must be. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting one. <laughs> it's going to take a year for current Scottish refs to get the training they need on it all before it's put live. So what will that be? 
not the 22-23 season, the 23-24 season, we could see VAR in Scotland if we get a sponsor. We'll, we'll all be dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> WhatsApp will still be done. <laughs> um, uh, McKinley was also saying that the, the red zones should at the least be decreasing soon. So you might finally have some pals in the, the section next to you there, which is exciting. Um, it sounds like it could be happening very soon because they seem very confident that Hearts fans will be at Ibrox in two weeks' time. I do feel that when I am singing at the end of that row, the subs are like just folk at a wedding that are just looking at me absolutely steaming <laughs> at the end of this row. <laughs> right. That must be a bit weird. Um, VAR needs a sponsor. You can only imagine who it's going to be. I hope Cinch get it. They've just done such a wonderful job so far. <laughs> what even is Cinch? I don't even know what it is. Ryland punts it. That's all I know. Sana do with cars. Right. Second-hand cars. Maybe we'll get Arnold Clark to do the VAR then. Cinch to do the Premiership. That'd be nice. <laughs> Aye, it would be. Um there is one man that could afford it, and that's James Anderson, uh, who's donated a further £1.5 million to community football in Scotland. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, this is on top of his already donated £3 million, which helped Scottish football in general through the first lockdown and the season's ending. Unbelievable. And that is why we're getting so many penalties. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We have greased the wheel. Exactly. Brown brogues and brown envelopes. If you can't beat him, mm-hmm. pays to be a Freemason. Uh, nothing to do with all the football we're playing in the box. <laughs> um, Cameron, um, Dunfermline have somehow started terribly this season. Even with Craig White, and they're somehow bottom of the league. Pierre Grant's sacking is intimate, and Lee McCulloch has been linked with the job. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, how could this really break up our good rhythm now and what we've got? If uh, we lose a key coach, um, I've seen this on Saturday. I wonder if he if he did go. There's potentially we have a lot of players who are currently sitting in and out of the squad at the moment. You're Jamie Walkers and stuff, and these are the kind of players. I wonder if he can, you know, he might end up taking well, even if it's on a short term loan type uh, deal. But I I want absolutely no change to our setup at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. We're undefeated. We're playing well, um, and you just don't want to upset. But I can understand for him. They're a, they're a decent-sized club and there's probably a good prospect there, you know. His opportunities, if you're given a club like that to take on, I think you'd probably probably want to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I, from a heart's point of view, I, I, I see no change at all, but you mm-hmm. can understand why he might take the role if it's there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's an interesting one. I could see Stephen Naismith kind of slot in and, and take his place. I think he's a bit of both just now, isn't he, between the senior squad and the younger teams. I think that's how it's working. We shall see. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, Hammy, some transfer news. Um, I'm not sure how you pronounce this. Uh, Liz <laughs> Liz Mousset has been linked. Mousset. Mousset. Oh, like Rousset. <laughs> yeah, I'm signed. Um, what do you know about this, Sammy? Uh, I don't really know a lot. He seems to have come out the the blue a little bit, but uh, I feel like a lot of these players that we've seen recently are, are, are sort of similar. He's got a very good pedigree. I think he was bought for 10 million a couple of seasons ago. It's just not worked out for him at um, 
Sheffield Wednesday, isn't it? Sheffield Wednesday just now, yeah. yeah. Um, I think on paper it looks like a fantastic signing. It's a striker. It's somebody that we, I think we need a little bit more in there. We'll probably come back to it with Nand Wheelie and things. But it, yeah, it looks like a great sign. I think Porto were also linked with him. He's, 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 Braga. he's coming to us. Braga, Portugal, one of these players. Um, ah, it seems too good to be true, but you know. It was, um, it's Sheffield United. Sheffield United, one of the Sheffields, one of the oh, Portuguese teams. Reading, missed that. Now, also, just to fact check, Tammy, Bournemouth signed them for five million, not ten million. I read ten million <laughs> on kickback. Another one of those. <laughs> right, Cameron, is it too good? Is it? Is it not going to happen? I mean, it sounds far too good. <laughs> I think we are not looking at the same players that Bragg are looking at. Let's be honest here. Hmm. You'd think so, but Joe Savage, anything is possible. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> uh, Hammy, you touched on it there. Nand Wheelie, um, he's had an interview with Barry Anderson off the uh, Impossible to Read Evening News this week. And he's laughed off rumours that he was throwing his boots around and throwing a strop, saying that he was always scheduled to come off after 60 minutes and he just took his, feet, his boots off because he had sore feet. Sounds like a cover-up to me. Um, he was also saying, Hammy, that he's, he's very frustrated being the backup striker. Do you think it must be tough on him? Aye, of course it will be, especially with Boyce and, you know, such good form at the moment, scoring pretty much every week. It's it's always tough, especially for Nielsen to drop Boyce. That would be career suicide. There'd be planes getting booked for that, I think, if he dropped Boyce at the moment. But I think Nandy really just needs to be patient. And he says that as well. He knows that he's on the bench. He's... He's, he knows he just needs to be patient. Um, Boyce will, you know, probably pick up a knock or need a break at some point in the season. He's not going to play all season, or maybe it might, but I doubt it. Um, but he's, he seems like he's got a good attitude. I'd rather players are wanting to play, wanting to get on the pitch, wanting to score. And he, he says it at one point. He was watching for the Ross County game two-two, and he was like, "I knew if I came on there, I would score. I can see how they're playing and." That's brilliant. That's what you want on the bench. A hungry striker coming on wanting to score goals and, and believing in himself that he can come on and score. So I think it's the right attitude. He just it's going to be frustrating for him, but it's football if you're only playing one striker. Exactly. Bill said. Now, are you surprised that Nielsen and Savage as well keep talking about signing another striker? Then there's Moussey linked with us. Are you surprised we're looking for another body up there? No, nah, not particularly. I think, like I say, Nandu, I think Nandu's been out already this season and you're sort of left with just Boyce. Um, these things happen and it's never a bad thing signing better players as well. Um, so, yeah, getting more people on the books to challenge for these places is, is, is only a good thing. And if they're better, then, you know, it's just, again, it's just football. You sign better players. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's there's always Craig White and he'll be back in here. He'll be a League One player soon, eh? <laughs> our, our once <laughs> great hope. <laughs> Not if Lee McCulloch joins them, probably get promoted. Well, thank you, Hammy. Um, yeah, Nand really, it's an interesting one. Maybe he'll go to Dunfermline on loan as well, Cameron. Bob with Jamie Walker, Adam McInef. Oh, John Suter. Do you know what was? Do you know what I thought was hilarious? 
from last week was the the quote of Robbie Nielsen saying that we were really going to lean on the depth in the squad. And was, this was a good <laughs> opportunity to use the depth in the squad. And I, I was I was again I was on the the Mac and F train for a minute, and then he he named exactly the same lineup as the week before. <laughs> Total wind up. <laughs> With McInef dropping from the bench, Ginelli coming in. <laughs> Bloody shame. Um, good. Just uh, one final piece of no- news. <clears throat> Bobby McLucky has done it again. Last week, <laughs> they beat Celtic 2-0. This week, they beat Rangers 3-2 with McLucky scoring a double. The young man is on fire and he's going to be selling hundreds of those strips very soon. Uh, that was that. <laughs> On to, uh, on to actual footballing things. Simon, we played Motherwell at the weekend. Uh, what have you got for us? Hi. Um, fucking our team comes to Tynecastle, gets walloped. Um, 2-0 against Motherwell. They sh- probably should have scored. We probably should have scored more, but I feel like 2-0 is a pretty fair result at the end. Um, possession was closer than the week before, 54% to 46 um, Liam Boyce got a penalty within five minutes, and then Kingsley... But it's essentially just a penalty for us now whenever it's pretty pretty close around that area. Uh, he scored a free kick at 22 minutes. There's not many talking points when you're this good and would you want to just keep going over how good we are? So um, I just wanted to talk about how, how it looks like all the players are actually enjoying themselves. And I was trying to think, when was the last time I actually seen like players looking like they get on with each other and, and have, a, have a laugh with each other? Cammy Devlin, Cameron made this point, definitely has ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> he never shuts up. And um, when we scored the second goal and Kingsley came running over to Robbie Nielsen, they all came running over. Don't know if anyone else noticed, but Cammy Devlin just started screaming at some assistant coaches. And he was just screaming at like three of them, like Stephen Naismith. And they were all just screaming at each other, but like, then just ran off. And I was like, what the fuck is going on in his head? <laughs> but um, I I thought Hearts looked brilliant. I think Benny seems like he's getting even better as well. It looked like Cammy Devlin coming in has actually made Benny up his game even more. I've never seen Benny in and around the box that much. He was involved in the, the winning of the third penalty. He had that shot in the second half that was really well saved by um, Liam Kelly, who's somehow taller than the jet even though he looks about four foot eight i don't know why i don't know why like the perspectives the jet just looked fucking massive and liam kelly just never looked six foot two but i thought it was a great performance yeah we had the the same lineup as last week um did they give an update on what happened with suter um there's been a hamstring complaint aye do we believe that well I believe the scientist of the podcast. Tell me, what do you think? Oh, he's definitely an anti-vaxxer. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think they might have said to him because I think maybe last week there might have been like a strain and then they've seen how well Taylor Moore can play in that right centre-back role and I think they've kind of just thought, well, let's not rush him. We've got the international break. It's two home games. And then the conspiracy hat comes on and I think they've said to him, you fucking sit there and you think about what you're doing at this club, boy. Hmm. <laughs> Cross my mind as well. It's just gonna Aye. rot away. Aye. Training with the under 15s with Bobby McLucky. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> There's a few talking points. Um one of them is if uh Halkett is out for a wee bit of time, we kind of only have one centre back, and that's John Sewer. 
mm-hmm. for a team that plays three. And I know Kingsley and Moore, and Moore looks like he's designed to play that right centre back role in a three. But I didn't want to be playing Kingsley there all the time. It feels like we maybe need a few centre backs rather than strikers. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, Hammy, about the Nandili thing, there can be an injury and we're actually left with just one, one or two people in that position. But uh, it's, it's difficult. Especially because we don't, there doesn't seem to be any, you know, real prominent youth coming through. You don't hear about anyone last season that you know you had Excuse your Urbans and things. Well, apart from Bobby McLucky, of course, but um, yeah. you know, centre backs and things. But we just seem to send them on loan. Now, anyone that gets a wee sniff of the first team, they're gone. Like even Pollock and things like that. So it's, it's yeah. Once we lose one, we're sort of down to the bare bones, and that's not great to be. So we did finish the game with um, without any out-and-out centre-backs on. We had um, Peter Haring, um, Stephen Kingsley and Taylor Moore were our back three, which, to be to be fair, we've played fucking Christoph Berra in the last year, so we can't fucking complain about having those three. Yeah, with Popescu. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought, notable mentions, I thought Halkett was absolutely quality until he had to go off. Um Mm-hmm. He was winning everything. He, he really does seem to settle, settle in that back three. It looks absolutely perfect for him. And even and without John Suter there, he's he's really stepped up and and sort of been the leader in that that back three. Javi, I don't know how you feel about this. No, I'll, I'll be honest. I, th- I thought he had a very good game. Yeah, I think he's working really well with Taylor Moore. Really do. I don't Aye. know what the, what the difference is. Don't know if John Suter makes him feel uncomfortable about himself. Um, <laughs> Maybe he's lacking a bit of confidence next to, to Suter, but nice. He's really shone through in the last two games. Fair play to him. And um, also, I thought, I mean, I know, I'm just bringing him up because we haven't talked about him in maybe the last couple of games, but I thought Craig Gordon was once again fucking phenomenal. And he really does earn clean sheets. Often you can get keepers whose clean sheets are maybe a bit skewed by the fact that they never really have to do any work. But Craig Gordon made some absolutely brilliant saves. His positioning for... The header that came after that Tony Watt shot that was a fucking phenomenal save, and they got a corner, and they got a header. And Craig Gordon just seemed—he just seems to be like the header seems to be right at him all the time. But that's Craig Gordon's work. Like he, he gets in the right position. There was a header to the back post, and most keepers wouldn't get across that quickly. But Craig Gordon set at the back post already before the boys even got a head on it. So it's it's just mm-hmm. phenomenal work from him. Say it, say it every time, but he really is a difference between us being relegated and us competing for European spots, stroke one in the league. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between Scotland's number one and Scotland's number two at the weekend there. Liam <laughs> Kelly's fiddle on, Liam Boys for the penalty. Aye. Cameron composed, making saves all over the shop. When needed. What was he doing with that penalty and all? And the free kick, man. Mm-hmm. Aye, it was, a, it was a strange one for the penalty. He just seemed to just follow his leg instead of the ball. He should have just let Boyce run it to the byline. The Boyce was never going anywhere with it. Yeah. No, that, that ball was going out of play. Aye. Yeah. Clever stuff from Boyce, or Poyce, as Hibs fans are very quickly going to start calling them. <laughs> yeah. I fucking care. They all count. Take them all. <laughs> Take them all. The most penalties in the league was at five penalties. And Hibs are second and fourth. But they've got Martin Boyle. Diving bastard. So. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I would, I would, 
I look at a lot of these penalties, and, and the second one we got against Motherwell was was very soft. Um, Cammy Devlin definitely made the most of it, but mm-hmm. there's two players running at full pelt. You'd never know how how hard the contact is when you're how easy it is, sorry, to be knocked over when you are running full pelt. So, but I, I don't remember one of the penalties for Hearts and thinking that was never a penalty. No, no, but we are Hearts fans. <laughs> no, but I do think I like to be as fair as possible. Like I, I can admit yeah. after the fact if it was probably a soft penalty, but yeah, yeah, uh, you would know if someone dived. You'd be, you'd know. Aye. Um, I liked to for that for the second penalty when Devlin went down. He was ruffling the guy's hair and laughing and slapping his face. <laughs> like very, very scalped down of him. But you don't mind it. You like to see it from your own players, though. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on Ben Woodburn? Never mentioned them there. Uh, I thought showing so much skill in the first half, especially in tight spaces, managing to find a wee pass here and there. Then. Yeah, um, he had that shot when he got a bit of space at the edge of the box. It forced a good save from, or did it, I can't remember if he saved it. No, he saved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, from Liam Kelly, tipped over. Um, he also he was the one who actually played the ball into Benny in the box, a sort of reverse pass from the right into the box he kind of skipped the obvious pass that a lot of players would do and just kind of play it out to the winger or play it to the fullback he played it back inside to Benny who then knocked it onto Devlin so he is, he is doing he is working hard and it's a lot of these things which not getting assists and not getting goals so people think you're not doing much but he, he really is really really good I think I think the way he keeps possession the way he doesn't panic he's willing to try things as well yeah I think um, he's such a threat. He's got such a reputation that's dragging defences out of position as well. I think they're constantly watching him, just waiting for him to explode with the ball. You know, he's had a couple of decent efforts from outside the box now. I just really don't think it'll be long before he gets his first goal. Then maybe once he's got a goal, a bit more confidence. I think he's going to be a, a huge player for us this season. I've seen a tweet. I obviously don't have a fucking clue who actually tweeted it. It was just a reply to someone saying that... Um, would have been nice to see Ben Woodburn take that third pen- uh, second penalty for the third goal. Mm. That's a good point. I mean, I know Boyce is a striker. He's obviously the penalty taker in the squad, so you kind of complain about him actually taking it, but mm-hmm. would have been quite cool to see. Yeah, it would have been. Um, he's, he's already touched on it, Simon, with Devlin and the team. Benny's playing in a lot more of an advanced position at times now, which has taken some getting used to. What about his wee uh, silky stepovers in that? <laughs> Doing the free kick. Like he's actually good at going forward as well. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a really fucking good player. And he he just seems to show something every week that you go, Oh, Jesus Christ, we're gonna lose him soon. Mm-hmm. Like every <laughs> single week. Every because other teams must be watching this, and obviously fucking scouts from any team that's got sense around our level is watching this game and, and seeing him and just going, right, let's have a look at what he's actually doing because he's just so fucking good, man. Mm-hmm. And you're right, his arms are always like sort of T-Rexed a wee bit and it does, hmm. but he just seems to not even be trying and he's just miles of space, he's free, he's got a pass to play. There's always something happening with him and he's so good and that's not even talking about how good at defending he is. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm sure in the second half he had a, a really good shot on goal. Um, I think that's his first shot for the club. That was a beauty <laughs> as well. I don't <laughs> know if, uh, I don't know why, but did you see after it, Cammy Devlin ran over to him and they were both absolutely yeah, cruising? Yeah. They were laughing so much. So yeah. maybe maybe he is just like 
no very good at shooting or whatever. That's maybe what he's no good at. So Cammy Devon thought it was funny when he did. But it was yeah. a fucking good shot. It was. Good at winning. Aye. They put me in mind of mind uh, Claude McAuley, like famously <laughs> never scored in his career. And then he had a penalty on their very last game of the season that for Chelsea. Then it was like he was allergic to taking a shot. On goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his shot was very good. It's fair play. Um, Cameron, Cam Devlin got his first yellow card at the weekend. Um, buy or sell or over under 4,000 yellow cards for Hearts. What do you reckon? <laughs> 4,000. Uh, looks like a player who will see a few bookings here and there now. It <laughs> did stop him from shouting at the ref, though. No point did he ever stop screaming at the ref. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. He's going to find refs that, you know, enjoy it and they'll have a laugh and go along with it, or he's going to get some laughs and it's just one one foul early booking that fuck off. Aye. One way or the other for him. Kim, I don't want to bring it up again, but how fucking shite was that ref as well for everyone involved? He was just booking folk for Mm -hmm. stuff that he wasn't even calling on other people and just no consistency, man. Yeah, six bookings. It felt like a lot. Yeah, which for a game that wasn't really like there was nothing really in it. Like that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I was quite surprised when I seen that at the end. Yeah, didn't feel like a dirty game. Um, half time, Simon. Two 0 two weeks in a row. It's just so unlike Hearts. Like, how? What do you do? <laughs> what do you do as one of these teams that just win all the time? How? How do you deal with this? What do you talk about at half time? What do you talk about? <laughs> It was a ah, it's class. We were we were talking before the game, and we were saying like, oh, it's going to be hard to to replicate. Like, if we feel like we're we're no matter what the result is, they were going to be disappointed. But after what twenty two minutes, we're leading to 0 and I was like, fuck, this is all right. (laughs) It's just nuts. I don't know if it's for me. I won't lie. (laughs) Cameron, Tom Femlin season tickets. We creepy pub every second Saturday. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Ten castles, but as far as I'm going to go every week to a game. <laughs> <laughs> Literally two minutes for your house. Don't worry about Half time, 56% possession, four shots, three on target with two goals. Um, but Motherwell, statistically, were doing fine. Seven shots, three on target. Um, and they dominated, um, not, not possession, but they dominated every other stat. When you look back at it full time as well. They didn't play badly, and in the second half, Simon, especially after the missed penalty, they really came into the game, didn't they? Aye, there was like um, maybe like a 10 15 minute spell where Hearts kind of stepped back a wee bit. And as you do, if you're 2 0 up and you know there's like half an hour to go, it's, it's really hard to stay on the front foot because the risk reward and all that. But I thought we uh, changed well, and the subs we made again helped the game and helped us shore it up and just get fresh legs coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, Hammy, it's a, a sneaky keeper question for you. Uh, Kelly was a clear yard off his line for the the saved penalty. Um, how how has he got away with that? A linesman literally has one job in that penalty. <laughs> that that yeah, it's it's mad. He was well off his line, um, and like you say, that's that is the linesman's job to watch that. So if he's not seeing it, then. Yeah, bring in VAR, get in, but <laughs> somehow I believe they'll still fuck it up. Um, that's just, yeah, that's just bad officiating. So, yeah. It was, to be fair though, it was, wasn't the best penalty either. So Aye. He didn't need to jump off his line to save it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, interestingly, after the game, Graham Alexander was saying he was going nuts at the sideline as well after the first penalty decision, saying it was never a penalty. If that goes to VAR, that's given all day because there's contact there for starters. And then shut your mouth, Graham Alexander, because that safe penalty <laughs> would have been retaken because your keeper's really off the line. So. Aye. I didn't think it, the free kick, the two penalties, I didn't think they could complain about any of them. They all seemed like fouls. I seen someone say it was never a free kick that they scored from and it should never have been a penalty that we got in the first place. All absolute shite. It was all defo a free kick, defo penalties. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the second penalty was quite soft, but he defo mm-hmm. nudged them over. So Yeah, exactly. Um, also in the second half, like we said, um, Craig Halkett went off. It was a very confusing injury. Like I don't know if it was more obvious in the stadium what had happened, but watching on Hearts TV, I didn't have a clue what was going on. Um, he just, the, I don't remember if why the game stopped, but the game just stopped and Craig Halkett just collapsed. He tried to get up and walk a bit more and he just couldn't. Has it been said what he's wrong with? Yeah, it was back spasms. All oh, right, okay. Aye. He just seemed to stop and, and just not be able to go on. Um, there was no hint towards it before. I don't didn't see anyone signaling to the bench before. I didn't see Halkett stretching out or anything. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but mm-hmm. aye, a bit confusing. Yeah. And I ran and got some pies because I thought this was going to take a while. Nice. <laughs> 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 in the stomach, so this match pub. Good thinking. Um, I thought it was a shame when he went up when he went off. We had a very good game, and that's me saying it. Um, Andy Halliday came on even at left wing back then they all kind of shuffled in didn't they Aye. I thought um, thought Andy Halliday was fine Yeah, you know what I think with the, the kind of shape we're playing and I think that left wing back role could be ideal for him as long as Aye. he's got the engine for it Would you? but I think it was against Aberdeen this, near the start of the season we were talking about he was fucking shite in that left wing back position so <laughs> yeah. as long as you don't have to rely on him week in week out I think Andy Halliday is fine Mm-hmm. Squad player. Aye. Aye. It's mad to think, see, when we played Celtic in one, two, one, first game of the season, he was our central midfielder next to Benny. Starting. It's mad to things change. Eh? I think all the boys in that on the bench in that game have gone out on loan as well. Like the, the squad's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Mac and F was almost in the first team back in those days. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that um, when Smith was playing with Barry Mackay, his work rate is fucking phenomenal, man, because he would literally just become the right back and Smith would just become a third centre mid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done that so many times during the first half and it, it really did. It kind of makes it difficult for Aberdeen. So if you're used to sort of picking up a player and then another player's coming into the area that you're trying to defend, it, it does make it difficult. And credit to Barry Mackay for having the work rate and sort of Michael Smith having the trust that he can go on and do that and allow Barry McKay to drop in. Yeah, um, ju- just on Michael Smith, I was just reading there, he's dropped out of the Northern Ireland squad good. Uh, for these two games, which is either a good thing for Hearts fans or a very bad thing. If he's just picked up a bad knock, no idea what the, the scenario is. You'll probably know listener by the time you listen to this, but we shall <laughs> see. This news develops. Um, with Barry McKay, Simon, it was a bit of a bemusing substitution when he went off, wasn't it? Aye. Um, he didn't look like he was tired or anything, but he's he's brand new. He's he's coming into the squad. What is this, his third game for us? Did he come on as a sub and then start two? Third or fourth? Something like that. Aye. So, um, fourth. Fourth. So, aye. 
he, he's going to be playing. He's played a lot of football. He started two games in a row, and he's he's not even made five appearances for the club. So it's fine to to bring him off. Um, and what was it like? Ten minutes to go. Yeah, with Peter Haring coming on for him. Uh, another player who looks hungry when he comes on, Peter Haring. Yeah. He, he likes a tackle and it's good to see him making those challenges again. Yeah. Um, aye, one thing I wanted to raise, kind of strange, it was like some article, the evening news done, I'm not sure if it was kind of taking stuff from, from Twitter or what, but they're suggesting that, you know, Taylor Moore's playing that well, he's impressing Hearts fans that much that he could just replace John Suter at this stage. Um, are we preparing for life after Suter? <laughs> I mean, I think we should be. I think mm. if, if if we're not sitting down having proper conversations with him about a contract extension, then yeah, why you would be fucking insane not to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, cool. If we're going to keep playing a three at the back, Taylor Moore is absolutely perfect for that and I'm happy to have him as Suter's replacement. Never seen him in a, a back four, stroke two with another one centre back. I know Suter is good enough to do that. So it, if we change manager, and he prefers playing four at the back, will Taylor Moore still be as effective? That's that's where we need to think. Mm-hmm. Taylor Moore's a lone player as well, remember. Yeah, he is. He is. I guess with him and um, Cochrane, Cameron, Jane, there's a chance that we sign them both permanently, like we just did with Ginelli, potentially. I, I would imagine for these guys, their hope, is that they'll go back to their parent club and actually get some game time. It won't be to, to stay at Hearts. And that, it, the purpose of you moving from a club in a, in a league like the Championship up here is, is to do that. So I think their expectation will be to go and try and get game time. Um, if that's not there, then you'd like to think that we might be an option for them. But I think prominently in their mind, it'll be trying to go down south and, and get a game. I think Cochrane is never going to make a first-team appearance for Manchester City. I think he is fucking from amazing. Brighton. Oh, is he from Brighton? Sorry, yeah. From uh, for Brighton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's quality, but I never think unless certain drastic changes, I, I can't see him really breaking through at that level. Mm. Especially when Brighton are signing five star potential wonder kids from all over the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Building like a proper FM squad. Hammy, are you fact-checking their contract situations? Because I wonder, uh, if, I can't remember what the script is either. I was, yeah. So Taylor Moore's contracted at Bristol until 2023. Hmm. Um, Alex Cochran is out of contract next year, though. So he'll, he'll, I think he'll stay. Yep. Hope so, hope so. Uh, Taylor Moore, a wee bit. A wee bit James Anderson money, eh? <laughs> I think if he's... If he's like a squad player in the last year's deal, I think there's an easy sell there to give him to go, well, there's no guarantee you're going to go back there and there's no guarantee they're going to offer you a contract. Here's a three-year deal, guarantees your livelihood for the next three years, and we are telling you you're going to be a first-team player here. Yeah, exactly. What are you just telling me? 24. 24. Strangely enough, though, if you look at the the, the weird one with, with Taylor Moore is that it, He's a guy who does play. Like he has played for Bristol City, played twenty-two mm-hmm. games last season. So he's it's it's a different one to when you're talking about Cochrane, who's never made a first-team appearance for um, Brighton, to to talk about a guy who they obviously see it as you need to go and play football somewhere and get some kind of form, um, whether or not you know that's that's what ends up happening. But I mean, I'd, I'd happily take both of them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I saw on Instagram before it went bloody down that uh, <laughs> Alex Cochran and Cam Devlin were at the Liverpool game together yesterday. Um, oh. Make sure you there. Aspirations of where they want to go. <laughs> Jamie Walker was at Liverpool games not that long ago. He's got no <laughs> chance. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> um, that was that. Very. Oh, Taylor Moore picked up his first booking as well. Um, and not surprisingly, Benny already on his third booking. <laughs> that Taylor Moore booking was an absolute sin. He that was one of the best challenges I've seen. He won the ball so cleanly, and just because it was like fast, and the Motherwell player went to the ground, he didn't really touch him. They just got booking. That's how I feel. The ref just had a fucking stinker, man. I feel like he was trying really hard to control the game with absolutely no fucking control. <laughs> Out on the sauce tonight before, I think. Um, what about that Van v- Van Veen um, bicycle kick volley in the second half? That didn't go of the season, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but he's fucking so ins- insignificant in that game. I barely fucking remember it. Yeah, uh, very quiet game. Um, Tony Watt as well. He- only had a, a couple of chances, very quiet stuff. Um, the most frustrating thing for me, we had that three-on-one at the very end, the GMS in possession, he had Boyce and Benny with him, three-on-one, and then he just done the worst shot from the halfway line. <laughs> no, I was screaming for him to shoot, man. No. Screaming. The uh, the whole stadium was screaming for him to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my living room going, oh, just pass it, keep it doing, keep it doing. <laughs> Um, good, well stats on that one 54% possession so we lost a couple um, through the second half unsurprisingly 10 shots, 5 on target 7 corners, Motherwell had 18 shots 7 on target uh, and like I said, superior stats and uh, in every a- other aspect as well but we showed some champions class didn't we were the going got tough in the second half we dug in got it done uh, Hammy Craig Gordon, four clean sheets for the season. That's the, the highest in the league now. Unsurprisingly, we're unbeaten. Yeah, that's brilliant, especially with the teams we've played and the amount of shots he's had against them. It's it's pretty spectacular. Um, hopefully it keeps going on, especially on our next game against Rangers at Ibrox. If we can keep a clean sheet there, we'll maybe, be champions. Um, maybe mark that thought for later on. Oh, <laughs> you tease. Um, after the game, Robbie Nielsen, um, pretty standard stuff, said he was really happy with what he's seen in the first half, but said there's a lot of work to do looking at the second. And Cameron, he said the hardest thing for him at the moment is picking his squad because they have so much depth. I genuinely think he feels so sorry for Adam McInef not putting him in the squad. Um, aye. When, it, when, when in doubt and when it's difficult, just pick what worked last week. Can't blame him either, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's it. Exactly. You, you couldn't play like that and then drop a player. Yeah. Uh, whole squad's fit apart for Suter, who might actually be fine. <laughs> Just rotting away in the reserves. We shall see. Um, international break. It's come around. I know we've got a lot of players that have just got back into playing regular football. Jenkins came at quite, quite a good time. In a way, you know, you've kind of built them up, we rest, and then you get back to it at Ibrox. I mean, I guess you could spin whatever you want on it. It could be a, a good thing, or you could look at it as a bad thing because we're in form. Um, mm. I think it is what it is. We just have to be thinking and hope that we're in the same position 
in two weeks' time as, as we've been the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. The way I've thought of it is, like, we don't have a huge amount of players going away on international duty. What Gordon, Michael Smith, Liam Boyce and Smith's not anymore. So, you know, that's a nice rest for the players and then it's just more preparation time to go to Ibrox and actually go for it here. Got a really good feeling about it and I never do when <laughs> I go to Ibrox. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, good. Well, that's all. That's all nice and jolly. Um, Hammy, let's change that, shall we? Over to you for Jambo's kickback. Talk away and don't talk a lot of shame. I'm going to start on a positive note. Um, there was a thread started simply asking the question: Can we win the league? First post, never get a better chance, in my opinion. The old firm are off the game. We have to take advantage. Long way to go, obviously, but my confidence is rising. Another agreed, saying the team are playing as well. The team are playing as a well-oiled machine. Another clean sheet yesterday. A game against Rangers will be a huge one. Can we win it? Cut out the draws against teams like Aberdeen and Ross County, and we can. Another one says, I would like to think so. It's good to dream. Let's see where we are with eight games to go. With another saying, if we can keep the vast majority of our starting 11 fit, then we can be in the mix. My big fear is that injuries to Benny, Devlin or Gordon could take the wind out of our sails. 98, we showed a lot of promise and our starting 11 was as good as any in Scotland, but we fell away as Cameron got injured. Sorry, Cameron. <laughs> um... <laughs> One game at a time, but if we can avoid serious injuries and get to January and as strong as a position as once the window opens, I'd like to think we would bring in a quality striker for the second half of the season and go on and do it. Another one says, um, I'm a football fan. I begin every season believing that my team will win the league. Otherwise, what's the point? I agree. Hearts are in an even stronger position now than we were at the start of the season. Therefore, I'm even more certain that we will win the league. But then... Stop saying shit like this after eight games. Makes us look daft come the end of the season. Ask again after 30 games. Very <laughs> positive. Absolutely not. We can dream, though. We will drop away after Christmas, but looking promising for third. Fully expect us to go to Ibrox next and do our usual and be rolled over 5-0. But I hope I'm wrong. Okay. Um, if Hearts are four points clear at the top going into the last game of the season, then yes, we will win the league. But until then, not a chance. Dens Park still pains me to this day. Mm. Not a chance. Unfortunately, when we struggle with injuries and suspensions, we don't have the squad or finances to compete with Rangers and Celtic. They'll comfortably spend millions in January to strengthen their squad. Um, yep, the chances are very slim and we've not even completed one round of matches. The answer is almost certainly no. Another just says people need a shake. Um, a, a couple of injuries and we'll fade away, sadly. At this stage in 2018, we had 19 points and we finished sixth. Transfer business we, we do in January will dictate how strong a challenge we make. We can't rely on penalties and direct free kicks every week. And lastly, absolute pie in the sky, bizarre stuff. You're dreaming, whereas I'm living in reality. And the reality is it's looking between us and Hibs for third place and the guaranteed European football. <sighs> we might as well just give up, guys. All right. Why is what's the point in even playing these games? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, man. We've no lost in their country. He said, well, that will never fucking win it. 
Someone's someone's going to one time. It's not going to be Silicon Rangers to the end of time. Exactly. I mean, it might be. It might fucking be. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I say that, I thought, what if it is? <laughs> nah, they'll, they'll join the Super League. Oh, good point. Um, bold predictions. Simon, where, where do you think we're going to finish in the league? Go on. Current form. Listen, if you were to base it on everything that's gone before and, and what Scottish football is, you've got to hope that, you know, I mean, you go, what, third, fourth, that's where it's going to be. I'm I'm aiming for first. Like, I'm aiming, I'm aiming for <laughs> first. What? Right. What, like why wouldn't why wouldn't we? I think second is definitely achievable. Celtic are absolutely garbage. Aye, they can mm-hmm. score, but they'll concede just as many as anyone's going to. They're going to score against anyone. Rangers on their day can can be got at. They can be got at. So just let's just stay consistent and see what fucking happens. I think watching Rangers and Celtic the weekend there yesterday showed that as well that they are like Aberdeen could have and probably should have beat them. And realistically, Hibs if Portis hadn't been sent off. Again, could have maybe not won, but got points off them at Ibrox. And we, I would say, currently, we are much better than Aberdeen and just as good as Hibs, if not better. So why not? Thanks, Sammy. Cameron, polar opposite reaction, I'm sure. No, no, I mean, like, I think this is it. So, you know, what is the point in, in supporting a team if you don't hope and have that hope of going to try and win something yeah realistically yes we'll probably end up fighting out for third place but while we are where we are enjoy it and then hope that we can finish first so look you aim for first and and realistically it might well end up third place but um both of those would be a very successful season yeah i mean first would definitely be a successful season (laughs) (laughs) Hey, based on our predictions, fucking staying in the league would be a successful season. <laughs> I think uh, like Paddy was joking when he said first. But he's going to be the closest to us. <laughs> I be. said eighth. I feel shit now. Right. I was I was second. Well, I, I'd said fifth place, and that was more than all of you. <laughs> I don't. I genuinely couldn't tell you what I said. I thought I said potentially bottom six. I think he said six. At that time, we had only signed two players. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> and the yeah. mirror was getting on the bench, so you know it's changed uh, days now. Yeah, a lot has changed. Uh, <laughs> oh man, yeah. I just hearing that name reminds me of how happy I am as a Hearts fan right now. Yeah, it's it's not been this good since Burley. Yeah, in terms of squad depth and the buzz around the place, but saying that it was pretty good under Levine the start of that season when we were top at the end of October, but it kind of felt like a fluke. I never felt, yeah, I never felt as sure about um, that that team under Levine as I do about this team. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, a lot of that Levine team was covered just by Naismith always scoring goals. Ugh, Naismith was on fire, and then he got injured, and then we finished six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aye, I mean, Celtic. It's never been. You've never seen Celtic and Rangers so stop starting vulnerable. You know when they've both been in the Premier League. There's this. Do you know what does slightly worry me, though? As we say, you know, we've never seen Rangers so stop start. They're still top of the league. Yeah, well, that's it. I know. Exactly. It's going to be it's going to be very, very difficult for us to win the league. But it's a big oh, challenge, but what? What's if you don't, if you're not, you know, that if we're in this position, you're not aiming to try and go and win it, then what's the point? Yeah. I, 
exactly. One one game at a time. Very excited for the, the Ibrox game. If we go there and we get beat two or three nil, then aye, we'll, we'll know from that one game alone that we have no chance. We don't have in us, but I feel like we do. I really do. Looking forward to it. I do feel like we, we, we keep passing sort of milestones with Ibrox being the next, you know, big one. You know, we sort of looked at um, the away games coming into this season saying, right, this is, we need to set a marker down, we need to win more away yeah, games. and first five. Mm-hmm. We did really well at home. We're looking just as strong. So going away to the old firm, that's the next big challenge, I think, and, and Ibrox is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. And there's there's nothing like belief. Um, it, like I feel that's the real difference between between like genuinely winning this league title and, and not. I, I think the talent is there. If we can, like people say, you've got to stay fit and all that shit, but you never plan for injuries, really. But if we go to Ibrox and, and win, that can really just start a ball rolling, and once you once you believe that you're actually going to do it, that's that's the key, isn't it? Fully convincing yourself that this is actually going to happen, mm-hmm. and then working hard towards it. Yeah, it could picture this: we go to Ibrox, we get a result. Could you imagine how buzzing Tyne Castle's going to be? But a week later, we played Dundee. <laughs> I think it beat four 0 I was going to say we're going to lose both of them. We're going to lose both of them. That game is going to be a riot at Tincastle. Finally in front of fans after last year. That's going to be something else. Oh, aye. We won't, we won't look ahead too far, too far. Um, but thank you, Hammy. Thank you. Very interesting place is always kicked back. Um, Cameron, a couple of big, well, one of the biggest Scotland games in a long time um, coming up this Saturday. Israel, again, uh, are you going? Yeah. Yeah, going. Um, expecting a tense, unenjoyable game of football, um, and I hope we can win one. Now that is my feeling about it. But it's a five o'clock Saturday kickoff, which is like mm. a novelty, isn't it? We normally play on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night, so it'll be nice. We'll be a day out and then uh, with the game, and hopefully have a couple of celebratory pints afterwards. But it's never that simple, so we'll see. Good. Um, I feel a bit disconnected from the Scotland squad, haven't been following it closely, too, too involved with the hearts of the matter at the moment. But how's the, how's the squad looking? Like, how are our chances going into this one? I mean, you've got to think on a squad basis, this squad should go and beat Israel at home and they should beat them comfortably. But we've seen this squad play a lot. It's the same squad. and There isn't a lot of change in it and I didn't expect there to be a lot of change in it. Um, I think we're still we're still going to lack that cutting edge, which is the worry for me. Um, I think you know we're solid in midfield. We can be pretty solid at the back, but scoring goals is is still a problem, and it's going to continue to be a problem until we find a, an out and out number nine. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, considering the Scotland games over, was it this Saturday, and then it's the Tuesday we're away to the Faroes. Um, yeah, we either won't be a podcast out next week. Um, so we'll do by ourselves just now looking ahead to the Rangers game and then you'll hear from our you'll hear from us again when we're sitting top of the league the Monday after so. <laughs> top of the league and then what, one win away for a Europe uh, World Cup playoff life will be oh. rosy what a month ahead I've realised that sounded really negative about the Scotland game but I'm actually really up for it like I, we're, we're going to go and get three points but um, right. I, I don't think it'll be enjoyable <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, Cameron, buy or sell and looking ahead to Rangers. Um, this is a Rangers team that's uh, that never dropped one point all of last season at Ibrox. They won literally every game. Um, but they just drew recently at Motherwell. Um, like we said, they're stumbling, but they're still top. It's going to be a hard one, isn't it? Oh, of course. But, I mean, before we get to that, let's... I mean, as good as Hearts' performances have been, our performances in buy-sell have been abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's run through the Motherwell scores from, from the weekend. Now, Craig Gordon to keep a clean sheet. Now, bearing in mind Motherwell had scored in every game up to this, Paddy was the only one to buy a clean sheet. So, there you go. Um, Hearts over 1.5 goals. In fairness, mixed bag. Hammy was the only one to sell it. Um, Hearts over 61.5% possession. Uh, we don't know that didn't come in. It was 54, I believe. Um, was a goal was going to be a tough ask. And then Hearts to be top of the league going into the international break. Well, there's only one man to blame for that. And he doesn't play for Hearts. Can I make a challenge? Got yourself sent off and have to go There you go. Why you blame me? <laughs> so the way the scores came in this week pretty dismal performance at the bottom from those people at Instagram and uh, me so um, <laughs> up from there to the rest of you all on two except for the folk at Twitter who managed to score three and oh. continue to extend their lead time travellers I'm telling you <laughs> so only explanation Scores on the doors for the season. Simon, still beginning to close that gap a bit, especially to me. Um, so, on 18, up to Paddy, myself, and Instagram on 20. Jarvie and Hammy on 21, but five behind Twitter on 26, with 70% correct answers for the season. Five now, wow. That might Is 75% correct? 70%. All right. Even then, that's still incredible, man. Yeah, I'm going to start using their picks to do bet builders. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. The big one. I've given you five questions this week because there was one that I had to chuck in at the end. So you'll get that one. But I've had a lot of chat around um, Suter and already tonight. So simple question. The back, uh, the centre-back pairing for the game at Ibrox, will it be Suter and Halkett? Bye. I think he returns for the, the Ibrox game. Bye. Likewise, bye. Yeah, I'm going to buy it too. I'm going to buy that it's an injury. <laughs> and nothing more sinister. <laughs> um, all right. On to the next one. Liam Boyce has three in his last three, two of which being penalties. Simple question. Does he make it four from four? Sell. Ooh. Who's scoring? Oh, for God's sake. Eh? That's I'm the thing. Really... If, <laughs> if we're going to score, the fucking chances are it's going to be boys. I think we might get a penalty, though, because he's now missed two this season. Taken off him. A, a penalty at Ibrox. <laughs> I'm, I'm buying. I'm buying these scores. There you go. I am. I'm going to sell it, but it's just because I don't think we're going to get many chances that aren't from crosses or corners. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to buy it. Fuck it. All full positivity this week. Go on, Ibrox. Bye, 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 bye. All right. 
here we go. So these are two of the stingiest defences in the league um, across 16 total combined games. Where, um, both teams have conceded a total of 11 goals. Um, so not a lot less than a goal a game, obviously. Um, simple question, over 2.5 total goals in the game. 2.5. I can buy. <laughs> I, I'll buy that. I just like the. I'm literally. has got hoping. us getting beat 3 0. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping we go and attack them. If we go and try and fucking change what we do and sit back, it's just going to be fucking shite. Yeah, for, for good or for, or for bad, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm way on the buy train. Here we go. Choo choo. Um, right. Is that a Mac and F on that one? No, that, that train's. Firmly in the garage with Thomas <laughs> in the, garage. the rest of the gang. He's been bricked into that fucking He's been bricked in behind the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. So, three of our last five goals have been set pieces. Um, a free kick, two penalties. Um, I mean, Hammy thinks we're going to get a penalty and it's not going to be Boyce that scores it. So, hearts to score from a set piece. Aye. <laughs> Does that include corner? Yes. Like a corner, right? Cool. I'll buy that. Aye. Straight in from the corner. Aye. <laughs> um, I have to buy it. We never score from open play. Bye. Yep. I bought everything, and along with Jarvie, and it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, right. The the question that I can't not ask going into this game is coming out of it. Our hearts top of the league. <laughs> Just because I would rather go down swinging in a blaze of glory. I'm going to buy it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, gents. None of you had a ch- choice. I'd already put buy in for the lot. <laughs> we go. I'm on the hearts. And uh, yeah, I'll update you with how bright and rosy it's looking in a couple of weeks' time. Mm, it's going to be a very uh, interesting podcast one way or another that Monday. That's for certain. Um, good stuff. Well, Thank you, boys. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, what's happened, things start working again. Otherwise, like we won't even see each other or speak again <laughs> until the next podcast. Two weeks time, we shall see. Um, but yeah, thank you, and uh, thanks to Padman Productions for all your editing time. If you want to play along with buy or sell, or just follow us on social media, it's at hearts underscore podcast. And if you want to send us an email, it's hearts podcast and gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a nice wee review. Otherwise, spread the good word. So until next time, keep washing your hands for the hearts. We'll see you again soon.